Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I've spent most of the summer dealing with the terrible DC heat. I'm actually sweating from my walk to work right now as we record this. But it turns out I'm actually pretty lucky because a huge chunk of the rest of the world is actually literally on fire. I'm Zach Beecham, and that's what we're going to be talking about today on Worldly, part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Wildfires, climate change, and how right-wing populism is literally stoking these flames. Again, I can't emphasize enough how literal this is. Jen Williams and Alex Ward are out today. Luckily, I am joined by Vox climate reporter Umer Irfan, who's been on the show before. Hello, Umer. Hey, Zach. Let's start with the fires, right? Because it's kind of astonishing, even in an era of climate change, that so many things are burning in this way, right? That's right. Wildfires are a natural part of many ecosystems. They are essential to restoring nutrients in the soil, they help clear out vegetation, and they help some plants germinate. And even in places like Alaska and Siberia, they do occasionally experience wildfires. But what's unusual is, one, how late they're burning in the season, and also their immense scale. Siberia, for example, is now approaching a record area burned. Alaska, it is almost a record time of year for them to be having fires this late in the season. They even sparked new wildfires just over the weekend. Okay, and there's also a wildfire in Europe, in the Canary Islands? Yes, Europe has been experiencing uh, fires this year as well. You may recall there was a pretty intense heat wave last month that set and broke records all over the continent. Right. And a consequence of that is vegetation dries out, and now we're starting to see you know, some of the vulnerable areas within Iran's spark causing, you know, massive infernos. And in the Canary Islands, it's already forced 8,000 people to evacuate. My God. And there's um, massive fires in Greenland, which I assume have nothing to do with Trump trying to buy it. Um, They may be a way to sort of deter him, but no, it's actually, (laughs) uh, it's, yeah, they, they do occasionally get fires in Greenland. But again, these are also very late in the season and much larger than you normally expect, and they're also burning close to populated areas. Um, Denmark has actually dispatched a team of firefighters to help contain those blazes, and the concern is now that Greenland has been experiencing a record ice melt, and this additional fire is certainly not helping them cool off. And an indication, right, that like while wildfires are a thing that happen and occur naturally, they're often very human-caused, uh, we just light fires next to things, and it just seems like they're easier to start in an era where things are hotter, just in general. That's absolutely right. Humans make wildfires worse at almost every step of the way. They build right next to fires and they put things in harm's way. The vast majority of wildfires are deliberately ignited by humans, whether through arson or just through uh, negligence and carelessness. And of course, humans are changing the climate, which is causing parts of the world to become drier and more prone to burn. So the big deal story here, not that any of these are not important. They all are, and they indicate a growing trend and a lot of seriousness. But the big deal, really scary, I'm not even going to joke about this because it actually freaked me out when I was thinking about it earlier today, 
is the Amazon. The Amazon rainforest has been described as the Earth's lungs. It's really, really important in terms of scrubbing CO2 and containing this stuff. And it's a rainforest, right? It it should not be a place where there are wildfires because rain, right? Rainforest. And yet, there's a massive, massive burn happening right now. That's correct. A scientist told me that there's no natural fire in the rainforest. He was pretty emphatic about not, that. Not, not like regular forests here. No, no. This is a place that is almost, even in the dry season, is still pretty wet and is too wet to burn. So you have to work pretty hard to ignite it. Do we have a sense of how, like, what the scale is for these fires? Yeah, the scale is quite immense. Uh, I went there, actually, to the rainforest a few weeks ago, and I was talking to some scientists there. And they're in a remote part of the jungle, and they're in this isolated place because they're trying to avoid human influences. But even there, they're picking up ash and soot from fires. And it's unmistakable that humans, even in this remote part of the jungle, are having an effect. Uh, We don't know the total burned area yet, but Brazil's space agency reported that there have been more than 72,000 fires this year to date. And that is an 84% increase compared to the prior year. Shit, 84%? That's right. 84%. Okay. Sorry, I'm just, I'm this grown version of a kid who used to dream about going to go visit the Amazon rainforest. I had all these little toy poison dart frogs when I was a kid. And just like, it was this magical place. And and not only that, right, it's this place in this human imaginary, but it also, it now it, it shouldn't be burning. And, and it's burning. And it's one that actually threatens not just, you know, to set climate change and off and make it worse, but a lot of species and and just one of the natural treasures of the world. It's it's almost unfathomable to imagine like a catastrophe on this scale. And like the important thing here is to understand why. Like what is it? And it's not just that the earth is getting hotter, right? There's there's some actual literal direct policy stuff here. That's right. Researchers in the forest don't see any climate signals in these particular fires. They think that uh, right now this year we've seen some pretty average or close to average temperature and rainfall there. So it's pretty much humans deliberately igniting the fires this season. I think it's important to remember that this is not happening in a vacuum, that humans have been living in close contact with the Amazon rainforest for a very long time. Some of the indigenous groups and also local natives have been clearing out the forest for their own purposes. In particular, there's a form of agriculture known as slash and burn, which is where you essentially just cut down a piece of forest and you burn it to help restore nutrients to the soil. This has been happening at a much more accelerated pace in recent years because there's been a huge demand for pasture land, for cattle ranching and whatnot. And that requires a huge amount of land. The soil in the rainforest isn't very good. And so it requires clearing a lot of land and burning a lot of forest. Another big concern is also, of course, the growing demand for timber industry products. Trees like mahogany, for example, are extremely valuable, especially if they are coming from the rainforest. And so there's a huge pressure to cut down those forests for commercial reasons. It is protected under Brazilian law, but it's really difficult to enforce those laws over such a vast and remote area, especially in the middle of the jungle. Yeah, but that, that's like a, a normal problem for yes. Brazil, right? And it doesn't explain the increase in the past year, right? What has happened, the thing that has led to this 84% increase in wildfires, I think we can say with, with significant confidence, is the new president of Brazil, Jair Bolsonaro. That's correct. It's not just that he's turning a blind eye. He's looking straight at them and giving them a thumbs up. Right. So let's let's talk a little bit about who this guy is because it's kind of important to understand why he's, you know, being like, yes, let's burn down the world's most important forest. Jerry Bolsonaro is a right-wing populist. The common term is Trump of the tropics that he uses, a label he's quasi-embraced. Uh, it, it's like 
I'd say like 60% accurate, right? He says a lot of really offensive things about minority groups and women. He, like Rodrigo Duterte in the Philippines, once said that he wouldn't rape a woman because she was too ugly. Uh, What makes Bolsonaro particularly threatening in the context of the Amazon is that he has scaled down enforcement. In part, he, he does this because he's aligned politically with the agriculture lobby there, the soy industry. He wants to expand beef cattle farming areas there and soy crop growing. And so the result is you have to clear the Amazon. He thinks that'll make his country richer. The problem is that it is also destroying the Amazon. That's exactly right. The Amazon not only serves a valuable function for Brazil, it is a national asset for them, and it's also a point of pride. A lot of people, even in Brazilian cities, talk about the Amazon as something that they are very proud of and that they value, and people have you know fond experiences of exploring the jungle. But it's also something that has an intense monetary value. It has something that they know that has a lot of mineral resources below the ground. It has oil deposits, and also the wood and the land is immensely valuable. Much of Brazil is forested right now, and Brazil is a huge country. And so for people like Bolsonaro, they look at that and they say, this is a huge waste, that we have all this massive resources and we're not exploiting it for the benefit of our people. The indigenous point there is important, right? Because the Amazon is really vital to a lot of indigenous communities in Brazil. And an administration that's aligned with sort of the wealthy upper class and in some ways racialized white elite of Brazil, they they don't care very much. And, And Bolsonaro has said quite offensive things about the native community there. Absolutely. He has been very hostile to Native groups. He has talked about wanting to civilize them. He sounds like a neo-colonialist when he starts talking about the indigenous groups that live in the jungle. These groups actually do have legal protections under the law, but again, like with the forest itself, it's a matter of enforcing that law. And increasingly, the administration has been looking the other way. There was a recent murder of a major indigenous leader, and Bolsonaro pretty much threw his hands up in the air and said that he wasn't certain that this was a murderer at all. This was somebody who was stabbed to death. And Bolsonaro also blamed the current spate of wildfires on NGOs setting the fire, right? It's some kind of false flag thing. Exactly. He was saying that it's these environmental groups that are mad at him for cutting their funding and support. Okay, so then they decide to destroy the rainforest they want to protect. That makes a lot of of sense to me. Out of spite, yes. Okay. And he also at one point said, and this is a quote, I'm going to read it, uh, as to— because, like, I I can't paraphrase it well enough, is that he was asked how to deal with environmental crises, and he said, it's enough to eat a little less. You talk about environmental pollution, it's enough to poop every other day. That will be better for the whole world. Yeah. I read that as him being a little bit sarcastic and tongue-in-cheek. I mean, it's pretty clear that he doesn't think the environment is a major concern. That's what I mean, right? Like, it's not that it's... He actually thinks that you need to poop less to save the environment. It's that he's like, if you care so much about the environment, why don't you go do this incredibly ridiculous, stupid thing that indicates that I, in fact, do not care about this and don't think anybody should. That's exactly right. All right, so we're going to take a quick break now. And after that, we're going to talk about the implications of this mass clearance of the Amazon and the wildfires for climate change as a whole. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 
360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back, worldly listeners. I'm here with Umer Irfan, Vox's climate reporter, and we're talking about the serious spate of wildfires in the Amazon and, like, really how bad this is, not just for Brazil, but for the world in general. So let's let's talk about the science of this, Umer, for a little bit. Why does it matter so much for climate change if the rainforest burns? The rainforest in its primeval state is like a major reservoir for carbon. All those trees, all that vegetation, the soil, it's like a giant vault that has been taking in carbon dioxide from the atmosphere for millions of years. And it still continues to take in a little bit of carbon dioxide. But as the planet has warmed, it is starting to take in less of our waste. And now with the fires burning, it's now re-injecting that carbon back into the atmosphere, further warming the planet. Gotcha. Okay. That's that's bad and that's troubling. Yes. But I understand from us talking about this before the show that it could get worse, right? You could – the Amazon could degrade on its own. Can you explain to me how that works? Absolutely. So the Amazon does generate a lot of its own rainfall. It's not just an accident of meteorology. Trees, they take in moisture from the soil, they pump it into the air, and they also emit chemical compounds that can help induce rainfall. And the rainforest does this on a regular basis almost every day. And you can almost set your clock by it in some parts of the forest. It will rain in the afternoon at a given time. But if you don't have enough trees moving that moisture into the air, then the trees that expect to receive that moisture, they'll weaken, and they in turn will move less moisture into the air. And it will create sort of a feedback cycle where you have less and less water being moved through the air, and then the forest itself will continue to degrade. Now, there is a tipping point at some point that scientists think that we will cross. They're not entirely sure where it is, but the estimate is roughly 25% deforestation. Okay, so you need to have a certain percentage of the Amazon's primeval trees to keep it sustaining, right, from its original number. That's right. And you said we're 25% gone is the Amazon starting to collapse on itself. Right. Where are we at right now? Right now, we're at about 15% or more, and we are still trying to get a handle of how much is being lost right now. Okay, so we could, in fact, be closer to 25%. We could be, yes. That's what happens if we hit the 25% point, right? Like, it's in the abstract, it's almost impossible to imagine a forest collapsing. What What does that look like? Well, what happens is then, you know, there's less moisture, there's less rainfall in the rainforest. Without rainfall, a lot of plants will start to dry out. They'll become more likely to burn. A lot of the animals that count on that rainfall, they'll also start migrating away. Then all the organisms that help, you know, nourish the soil, that help pull nitrogen out of the air and fertilize it, those will also start to degrade. And so over time, you'll see trees pretty much shrivel up and die. And you're going to see sort of a propagating wave of that moving through the forest. The rain that normally falls due to meteorology is instead going to concentrate in rivers. And so you'll actually see very likely more flooding. You'll see also drought in many parts of the forest start to develop and become more serious. And this is actually something that we're starting to see right now. There have been several major droughts actually near Sao Paulo. And researchers are looking into whether or not deforestation played a big part of that because now with less moisture moving through the air, there's less rainfall replenishing the reservoirs that help hydrate that city. 
So is there like a climate on Earth that the Amazon would come to resemble if it continues to degrade? Like give me a parallel that people might be able to help. You know, right. Without without the uh, amount of rainfall that you need to sustain these massive trees, it will degrade into what scientists describe as a savanna. So basically a grassland or shrubland. Okay. That's mainly the, uh, that's a lot drier and hotter and a lot less wet than it is right now. All right. So one of our greatest forests becomes basically just a giant pasture. That's um, that's fantastic. And, and it gets worse, right? Because those trees, it's not just that they release carbon when you burn them. It's that we need to keep them around to continue to capture the carbon that we have right now, right? Exactly. The uh, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change earlier this month put out a major report looking at how we can use land to fight climate change, but then also how climate change is influencing our lands. And they found that, you know, we absolutely have to preserve the forests we have in place just to kind of stay where we are. And one of the most powerful tactics for fighting climate change could be to restore forests, to replant them, to help them return to their primeval state. That has the uh, potential to suck a gargantuan amount of CO2 out of the air. But right now, we're rapidly moving in the opposite direction. Could, policy-wise, if uh, the Brazilian government wanted to, could it restore the Amazon in a reasonable time frame? Like, back to the primeval state, reverse the cuts we've been talking about? They could, but the reasonable time frame is the questionable part. I mean, it took millions of years to bring the forest to where it is. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a few years. It'll be several decades to basically regrow some of the areas that have been clear cut. It's not just the trees. Remember, you have to bring in all the animals that were there that were spreading the seeds. You have to bring in the fungi that were, you know, processing nitrogen and bacteria that were in the soil. All of that is like a complete ecosystem that you have to bring back in order to sustain and keep the forest healthy. And that's difficult with like the best case policy, with a government that is deeply committed to this and fully resourcing the attempt to do that. Right. right. It's, a, it's a major challenge for land. It's a major challenge for policy and governance. It's a major challenge just for engineering. Okay. So right now, though, we have a government that's doing the exact opposite of that. That is right. like, let's cut down as much rainforest in Brazil as possible. And like when I read stories about this, I, you know, I read a bunch of articles about the Amazon going in. I read your work. I, I just wonder, like, did Brazil doom the climate by electing Jair Bolsonaro? Is it impossible to stay under 1.5 degrees centigrade, which is like what the, the international target right now to prevent catastrophic warming? Well, I wouldn't go as far as to say impossible. I'd be, uh, I would be hesitant to make any kind of categorical judgment, but it certainly makes it a lot harder. Simply keeping forests intact is one of the easiest and best ways to help mitigate some of the warming that we're doing and restoring them, as, as I said, is probably one of the more effective ways to do that. So, um, yeah, if we lose the largest tropical forest, one of the largest stores of biodiversity in the world, we're losing one of our best tools to help reduce our impact on the planet. I mean, this is having visible consequences, this Amazon deforestation, right? There's huge amounts of smog near Brazilian cities, uh, you'd, you'd assume people would be mad about this. The fires are starting to generate some backlash. Even though they are in a remote part of the jungle, the smoke has wafted over major cities. And the consequences of these fires are now impossible to ignore. We've seen that on social media this week. The Pray for the Amazon hashtag has taken off. People have been sharing images and videos of fires in the forest. And plenty of people are horrified by this. So is, it, can, is anyone else trying to step in here? Yeah, there's actually, uh, the United Nations has actually put together a mechanism to help developing countries and people in tropical countries to preserve forests, a program called Red Plus, which is basically where you have wealthier countries help finance and buy up forest land and preserve them in 
critical areas. There's also the United Nations Green Climate Fund, which helps fund restoration projects around the world. And next month at the United Nations General Assembly, there's talks of developing more mechanisms and securing more funding to help, you know, countries that are dealing with these kinds of problems to, you know, maintain the natural state to help bolster the global effort against climate change. But of course, there's issues of national sovereignty and Bolsonaro being a populist is very big on nationalism. You know, he, him and his administration have said that we see the Amazon rainforest as our natural resource. This is not something that belongs to you, and we don't think it's an international asset. This is ours to use and exploit, and we really don't care what, for you to tell us what to do with it. But I think the important takeaway from this, at least at the present, is that when we talk about the growth of right-wing populism around the world, we often talk about it in terms of its causes, people being upset and angry about demographic change. We talk about the implications for immigration policy, which are hugely important. But the implications also extend to the very survival of human civilization in the way that we know it right now. These current movements, their hostility to science, their hostility to global governance, their frustration and anger with minority groups, all of those different things combine together, as we're seeing in Brazil right now, to fuel a slate of policies that are destroying and degrading what really are global natural resources. Bolsonaro was wrong that these are just Brazilian industries to exploit, right? The Amazon is something that is helping sustain life on the planet, in again, in the way that we know it right now, and destroying it, and destroying it for cross-political purposes on the basis of ethnic animosity and short-term political gain is uh, immensely, immensely, immensely destructive. And that those are the stakes when we talk about these policies and these politicians every week on the show, or it feels like every week sometimes. That's why this all really matters. I want to really thank Umer for coming on to talk about this stuff, to help us understand the science, because that is definitely not my area of expertise, but I think it's super important. Thanks thanks again, really, for filling in and doing a lot of the talking this week. Happy to be here, but not happy about this. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I want to thank our producer, Bird Pinkerton, and I want to encourage all of you to rate and subscribe and review Worldly wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I'll see you next week. 